This is a man, he's the most written about human being in the history of the world, more written about than Kennedy, than Stalin. Um, speaking of Stalin, in Russia, a Sinatra album goes for a hundred dollars. This is a place where they don't have any money, they don't have uh, any, you know, Russia, and they're willing to pay a hundred dollars. It's amazing that a guy like that, uh, I mean, because all he does is sing. No, no, he does a lot more than sing. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about a man who does, he probably does more for charity than any other human being in the United States. I mean, he just, uh, he did a concert down in Brazil. Uh, there were 150,000 people showed up and, and he got to meet this foster child down there that he's been uh, supporting for, for the kid's whole life. Yeah. He's that, he's that kind of a person. I tell, I tell you the kind of love people have for him. Everybody knows about this relationship he had with Ava Gardner yeah. and, and how much, you know, he loved her. I mean, he really loved her. But, you know, it didn't work out. People change, you know, they go their separate ways. One thing leads to another. It's, you know, it's, it's life. Yeah. But a while back, Ava Gardner was in this club. And uh, in the lobby of the club was a life-size picture of Frank. And she goes up to this picture of Frank. And she kisses it full on the mouth. And she turns to the owner of the club and she says to him, Take good care of him. He still belongs to me. Wake up! Is there anybody alive out there? <laughs> well, that's cool, baby. I mean, you know how it is rocking and rolling and whatnot. What's happening, everybody? I'm Lee McCormick. This is Tramps Like Us, a Bruce Springsteen podcast sidecast, rocking and rolling and whatnot, episode 35, top 20 Frank Sinatra songs, part two, numbers 10 to 1. Thanks for listening via the website, trampslikeuspod.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you found the show. Stay in touch via the website and Facebook group, Tramps Like Us, a Bruce Springsteen podcast. I hope you checked out the last episode, counting down the 10 incredible Frank Sinatra songs that ranks 20 to 11 in my top favorite list. To recap, numbers 20 to 11, we had at number 20, Wave. At number 19, Soliloquy. 18 was Cycles. 17, Witchcraft. 16, Learning the Blues. 15, I've Got You Under My Skin. 14, I Concentrate On You. 13, In the Wee Small Hours of the Morning. 12, one for my baby, and one more for the road. Eleven, all or nothing at all. All right, so we had ten great songs there. And if you thought that was good, let's get right into the top ten. My top ten favorite Frank Sinatra songs. All right. And the first, the first, I swear, on my mother's soul, the first, 40, uh, uh, first four or five seconds... I tremble every time I walk, take the step and I walk out of the wing onto the stage because I keep thinking to myself, I wonder if it'll be there. If when I go for the first uh, the sounds that, I'm, that I have to make, will it be there? I was telling, talking about it just the other night at Carnegie Hall at the, at the uh, Irving Berlin uh, thing. I said, uh, even just going out and looking at the audience, I was terrified for about four seconds. And then, it go, then it goes away. How do you explain that? I don't know. I can't explain. You've it. always had that. 
Always had it. And I Harry think James, when you stood it. up to sing with the Harry every, James? Every, every, always had it, all the time. Will you remember the lyrics? Is your tie right? Will you use your hands right? Will you look pleasant to so the audience? So this dumb uh, Frank doesn't care, or oh, he's no, beyond it. True. No, that's not true. If, they, if anybody uh, describes me that way, it's the way they see me. It's not what I am. It's not what I'm doing, no. In fact, you're a performance performer. You've got, you've got to be on the ball from the minute you step out into that spotlight. You've got to know exactly what you're doing every second on that stage. Otherwise, the act goes right into the bathroom. It's all over. Good night. All right, so I'm kicking off my top ten with a deep cut kind of a deep cut i know a lot of people don't know this song now this song's kind of a bit of a novelty in the frank sinatra canon this is uh two hearts two kisses make one love originally recorded by otis williams and the charms 1955 written by otis williams and henry stone frank recorded it that same year march 7th 1955 right and this is kind of a novelty i say because it's kind of rock and roll right it's, it's like frank sinatra doing a rock and roll song Right, Doris Day had a version of it in the 50s. Pat Boone had a hit with it. He went to number 16 on the pop charts with it. It's like, what would it sound like if Frank Sinatra sung some rock and roll music? Right, so here he's giving it a shot kind of thing. The song's definitely got a backbeat to it. You know, rock and roll swing drumming. We were talking about the swing music. Swinging it, but we got to have a backbeat. For rock and roll, you got to have that backbeat on two and four. So we're swinging, we're swinging, but we got to have that rock and roll backbeat, right? So this is kind of fun. And we got a rock and roll electric guitar in there. We got some uh, doo-wop style background vocals. And you got to have a rock and roll sax, right? You got to have a sax solo. It's rock and roll. You know, the drummer smacking that backbeat, Alvin Stoller. And it's like, I wonder what it was like in the studio that day. Right? We all know Frank recorded live in the studio with the band. You know, he liked to be in the middle of the orchestra, feel the horns, you know, feel the power of that band. So... I wonder what it was like when uh, you had that drummer smacking that backbeat and a guitar solo and a rock and roll sax. Like, was Frank there in his suit? Like, was he moving? Was he shaking like the king? Was he shaking like Elvis Presley singing some rock and roll doing that? <laughs> Who knows? It's fun, man. It's a good song, man. A good toe tapper. A good finger snapper. Right? Two hearts, two kisses. Make one love. You know, it's Frank Sinatra trying some rock and roll. Dig it. Makes you feel crazy One kiss makes you feel so nice Two kisses put you in paradise Two hearts Two kisses make one love Two hearts beat as one dare Two arms make me know you care I have plenty of loving Your kiss is hotter than an oven Two hearts Kisses make one love Loving you, baby, is my desire I know that you can set this world afire A little spark is burning deep inside Love should be made by two Two hearts beat as one dare Two arms will make me know you care I have plenty of loving Your kiss is hotter than an Two kisses make one love. 
my desire. I know that you can set this here world afire. A little spark is burning down deep inside. Love should be made by two. Two hearts beat as one, my dear. Two arms will make me know you care. I have plenty of loving, and your kiss is hotter than an oven. Two hearts. Kisses make one love. You hear me? Two hearts, two kisses make one love. Listen, uh, 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 Jack, Lowell. Must be playing the viola. If uh, any popping of peas, let's stop because there were too many of the peas popping in the the, the, the past dates we did. Can you clear those up a little bit? I may be one of the few people who performs in the middle of the orchestra, right in the studio. And uh, no headphones and no, not a booth, a glass-in booth. Because I need the, 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 the drive of the orchestra. Although I'm not a great romancer, I know that you're bound to answer... A good arranger is terribly vital because he's a recording secretary. For instance, if you brought a song to me and I said, it's very good, maybe we ought to record it. Then we'd bring in, in those days, it was Axel, and then we went to Billy May and Nelson and then Gordon Jenkins. We would sit down and we would pick the key. And I would give him my thoughts on what the background should be from eight measures to eight measures. And then I would say, how wrong am I? <laughs> well, he would conduct the orchestra sometimes. That's a lot of fun. But uh, if not, say, comfortable with it, I became accustomed to it. Some of it was his need to assert himself. That was part of his performance. He was a showman. All right, my number nine song is The Lady is a Tramp. All right, classic Frank song. Yeah, we're going to get a lot of hits in my top ten here. No denying it. I love the hits, right? You can't deny it. These songs are, you know, staples of the world. <laughs> you know, this, these songs are just so meaningful and just powerful. You know, I love the hits. Ladies of Tramp from 1937, who was in the Rodgers and Hart musical Babes in Arms, right? Music by Richard Rodgers, lyrics by Lorenz Hart. You know, Frank had a version of it in the film uh, Pal Joey. Uh, there's, there's a shot of him kind of playing it at the piano, kind of miming the piano while he sings it in the bar. It's kind of cool, right? But I love this live version I'm going to play for you, right? I first heard it on the reprise, reprise, reprise. Reprise. It's Reprise. Reprise, yes. Reprise Records. Yeah, the Reprise box set, 1990. That's where I first heard this live version. It was on that box set. But, you know, it originally came from the album, the main event, live, Madison Square Garden, 1974. This is interesting in that this was this kind of coming out of retirement show. I think I mentioned in the last episode that Frank retired in 1971. He wanted to kind of put a button on the career. He was kind of down. He wasn't selling records. He just kind of thought he was finished. So he, he, you know, he took a break. He, he did a retirement show and he took a couple of years off and then he just had to sing again, right? He was just, he just missed it. He just had to start singing. He got, he got re, uh, rejuvenated, right? He had some more, some new inspiration and he decided he wants to come out of retirement and do this big show. So he, he called up this promoter. He said, man, I want to come out of retirement. We've got to do it big. We've got to do something. Uh, what do you got in mind, right? So they kind of build it kind of like a boxing fight, like the main event, like a heavyweight championship match, right? <laughs> Frank Sinatra sang in the round at Madison Square Garden, and they had it kind of like the the stage, kind of like a boxing ring without the ropes. So it's here's Sinatra, you know, and they did a big introduction. They had Howard Cosell, 
kind of did the uh, the introduction to him. And this was the first song of the night, right? He opens up with "Ladies of Tramp," this live version, you know. And it's, you know, as Howard Cosell is kind of announcing him to the crowd, the crowd's going wild, right? <laughs> and Howard Cosell is announcing him, and you see, and Frank comes walking through the the aisle like a like a championship fighter. And people are going nuts, right? The band starts kicking, dan, 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 dan. Ah, the crowd's going around. Ah, Frank Sinatra's back. Oh, it's amazing, right? Madison Square Garden, New York City, the mecca, right? <laughs> So awesome, so awesome. Ladies of Tramp, the song referring to this chick's independence, right? You know, she doesn't bother with these high society, highfalutin people, right? These social rules, she doesn't follow that, right? So all, so all these people, they, they all look down on her. They call her a tramp, right? But, but tramps are cool, right? Tramps like us, right? That's why he loves her. He loves her because she's a tramp, and she just does what she wants, right? She's her own thinker, right? I love Frank getting loose with the lyrics on this. He's like, uh, she loves that cool, free, five, wild, knocked out, groovy, cool, cool wind in her hair, right? <laughs> so awesome. Like, the delivery is just so cool. Like, the definitive cool Mr. Sinatra, right? <laughs> it's so great. Uh, what else can we say about this, man? You know, Frank uh, singing this, these lines of the song, and you hear the band kind of hitting the shots in between the lines, right? She gets hungry, bam! For dinner at eight, cha cha cha. It's so cool, man. It's awesome. And when you see it live, right? Frank's like he's he's shooting his hands up and he's catching all the shots as they're as they're playing it, right? <laughs> and we get a key modulation, right? It goes up a step for the second half of the song, bringing it up. So let's set the scene, right? This is like October 1974, Madison Square Garden. Frank Sinatra. He's been out of the the public eye for a couple of years, and he's coming back and to a sold out crowd. New York City, Madison Square Garden. You can feel it. You can cut the electricity with a knife. It's electric in there, right? You can feel it. Just the the energy, just pulsating, right? Getting ready, getting ready for Frank to make his comeback. That heavyweight championship boxing match, right? Still undefeated, still the champion of the world. The city whose landmarks are familiar all over the world. The world's center for shipping, transportation, communications, finance, fashions, and above all, entertainment. A city that pulsates always because of the millions of people who live here, work here, visit here. And in the heart of the metropolis, the great arena, Madison Square Garden which has created and housed so many champions, and which is why tonight, from the garden, the most enduring champion of them all, Frank Sinatra comes to the entire Western Hemisphere live with the main event, Frank Sinatra in concert. October 13, 1974, jam-packed with 20,000 people plus. Just people, people from all walks of life, people who are young and people who are old. Here to see, here, pay homage to a man who has bridged four generations and somehow 
never found a gap. Hello again, everyone. I'm Howard Gosell, and I've been here so many times, and in a curious way, this event, live, with the king of entertainment, carries with it the breathless excitement and anticipation of a heavyweight championship fight. Celebrities are here in profusion, one after another. Rex Harrison, Professor Higgins, if you will. Carol Channing, hello, Dolly. Walter Cronkite, Mr. Believable. And of course, the great romantic hero, Robert Redford. But here, coming through the same tunnel that so many champions have walked before, the great man, Frank Sinatra, who has the phrase, who has the control, who understands the composer, who knows what losing means, as so many have, who made the great comeback, who now stands still, enduring on top of the entertainment world. Ladies and gentlemen, from here on in, it's Frank Sinatra. gets hungry for dinner at eight. She loves the theater, doesn't come late. She'd never bother with anyone she'd hate. And that's why the lady is a tramp. Doesn't like dice games with barons and earls. Won't go to Harlem Dressed in ermine and pearls Will not dish the dirt With the rest of those girls And that's why this chick is a tramp She loves the free Cool wind in her hair Life without care She's broke, but it's open doesn't like California It's cold and it's damp That's why the lady is a tramp She gets far too hungry, babe Wait there for dinner at eight She adores the theater However doesn't get there late She'd never bother With someone she'd hate that is why the lady is a tramp Doesn't like dice games With barons and earls Never makes a trip up to Harlem Driving shiny Lincolns and Fords She won't dish the dirt With the rest of those broads That's why this chick is a tramp Loves the free, fine, wild, knocked out, cuckoo, groovy wind in her hair. Nights without a care. She's broke, but it's open. She loathes California. It's cold and it's damp. That's why the lady.
Thank you. My secretary came and she said, Frank Sinatra's on the phone. I said, hello. He said, Jerry, I want you to take me out of retirement. I said, we're going to do it in a boxing ring. He said, why? Why? I said, because you're the champ. You're the heavyweight champ of the world. I get no from Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. And I tell you something, I'm so proud of what's happening here tonight that I'm going to give myself a little reward. And this is it. This is it. It's really Geritol. No, 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 not really. It's, it's, uh, it's plain tea with a little honey in it. It really is. And if you believe that, I want to sell you 400,000 acres of swampland. It's Jersey across the river. And then you got it made, you see? I have a lot of nice memories of New York City since I was a boy. Most of my work has been live here in New York, as, as tonight is. And I don't care how long you've been in this business, there's nothing like singing to live people, baby. It's great. Really great. It's home to me, actually. It has been for many, many years because I started here and I actually got started in this business by taking a four-cent ferry ride across the Hudson River and that's how the whole damn thing began, by the four-cent ferry ride. But, you know, you can't get in show business for four cents anymore. It costs a little more than that today. But um pum three, four, five. Ooh-ha! Of course, back then I was a featherweight. Well, uh, a couple of years and pizzas later, maybe you're looking at a middleweight champion of the world right now. It's a great place here, this marvelous building too, I mean. I forget driving in here tonight and seeing the, the marquee. Sinatra, the main event. Now that's class, boy. Plus, in the old days, they used to say, let's go see Bones at the Paramount. <laughs> Oh, in those days I had funny names. I had Ho Handle, No Hips, Skinny. Then I became Francis Albert. And then William B. made me the chairman of the board. And then came uh, Old Blue Eyes is back. Or as they say in Australia, Old Big Mouth is back. But I'll tell you, there's one name I got recently, I must share it with you. I'm so proud, I'm just bursting. Grandpa is a name that I got recently. Really nice. Really nice. What do you got? Okay, my number eight song is This Town. All right, written by Lee Hazelwood. All right, I love Lee Hazelwood, produced by Jimmy Bowen. This went to number 53 on the Hot 100, number 41 on the Cashbox, number 17 on the Easy Listening Charts. Right, Frank recorded this song in 1967. It's off the album "The World We Knew." Uh, I first had it on the Greatest Hits record, the, the, rep uh, the reprise, reprise, 
Reprise. Reprise, yes. Reprise Records. That greatest hits record came out. Uh, you know, very different groove for Frank on this. Kind of a shuffle, right? Frank does swing music, and he was, you know, around this time, like I said, he was getting into folk music and folk rock and kind of getting into some of those straight eighth music. But this is a shuffle. This is like a shuffle, right? So it's very a, a different groove for Frank. Cool bass on this, guitar, bass guitar, like bringing the movement through the song, harpsichords on there, harmonica off the top. Really interesting sounds on a, with Frank Sinatra, right? Some different sounds, different textures to this music in the late 60s he was doing. You know, the drums come in, and then eventually we get the orchestra, right? That's what I love, is you get these kind of folk rock kind of songs, and then all of a sudden, the second verse, here comes that Sinatra orchestra to support him, right? Really cool. Yeah, it's just to remind us that, you know, it's, you're still listening to a Frank Sinatra record, right? We're, we're still at that level, right? <laughs> Some cool organ stabs in there, and uh, yeah, this is all the Wrecking Crew guys. Like, this is Sinatra's B band, right? Like, he has this A band he was working with. That did like all the the Nelson Riddle arrangements and the, the heavy duty you know shirt and tie musicians and then you had the B band which was the Wrecking Crew guys right Hal Blaine on drums you had Al Casey and Glenn Campbell on guitar kind of thing like that like there's a there's a great story about I heard Glenn Campbell or was it Al Casey one of them talking about doing a session with Sinatra I think it was Glenn Campbell and he was just there and you know like I said Sinatra likes to record with the band live off the floor. So, you know, they're, they're trying to do a take, and Sinatra's there as he's at the mic, and he can just feel Glenn Campbell just staring at him. Because it's Frank Sinatra, right? He's just, you can't not look. It's Frank Sinatra, right? So Frank Sinatra had to go and say, hey, man, stop staring at me, right? So, <laughs> so I think the story goes that Glenn Campbell told Al Casey before a session, just don't look at him, don't stare at him. I know he's Frank Sinatra, but don't stare at him, right? <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of a deep cut for my top ten, right? But, you know, I just dig it very groovy. You know, and I love the ending where he's, uh, you know, he's saying good riddance to this town. And he's like, bye-bye, bye-bye-bye. This town is a lonely town. Not the only town like this town. This town is a make you town or a break you town and bring you down town this town is a quiet town or a riot town like this town This town Is a love you town And a shove you town And push you round town This town This town 
It's a use you town and abuse you town until you're found town. This town is a losing town. It's a miserable town. It's a nowhere town. And I am leaving this town. You better believe that I'm leaving this town. Man, it will never be uptown. It's bound to be downtown. Because then, when the real world started, he worked like a dog. I was living in Hasbrook Heights, and uh, I found out there was a theater there where they had vaudeville. And I went around, spoke to the manager, and I said, uh, I'd like to play here for a couple of nights, maybe a weekend. He said, okay. Each booker from the theaters in New York, the Roxy, the Strand, the Lowe's State, the Paramount, they sent their scouts over to see what all the noise was about. Why were the kids screaming and yelling and running up and down the aisles? The Paramount Theater manager said, uh, I would like you to open at New Year's Eve. And he said, uh, you got Benny Goodman's orchestra and a Crosby picture, and I fell right on my butt. I couldn't believe what he said to me. And in those days, they called you an extra added attraction. I got into New York, and I look at the marquee. So we get ready to go, and I'm excited, and it's the opening day, and but the, this is the moment that's going to make me or break me. This, this, if I'm not good in the Paramount Theater, under these circumstances, I'm dead. Jesus, I was nervous. Then he did a whole section of music, and then he would finish that section with the sing, 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 and it would get, it was round, it would tear yeah. the joint up, you know, it ran about eight minutes. He finished sing, 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 and he took a bow, and he went over to the microphone and he said, no, Frank Sinatra. And they screamed like a banshee. He turned around and he looked at the audience and he said to nobody, what the fuck is that, he said. Number seven now. My number seven favorite Frank Sinatra song is a big one. I'm going to go with My Way. Just a classic. Music was written by Claude Francois and Jacques Riveau. English lyrics by Paul Anka. He rewrote the, the French lyrics. This was originally a French song. I think it was called uh, Calm Debitude, right? And it was written by those two cats, and there was French lyrics. And I don't know. I think the story goes Paul Anka heard that song thought he would repurpose the song for Sinatra. He wrote it with Sinatra in mind. He thought he would take this music and, and write it about a man looking back fondly on his life, right? So he, he writes this song and he pitches it to Frank. Frank loves it, and they recorded it December 30th, 1968. One fucking take, <laughs> right? Like I said, Frank Sinatra doesn't do more than like one or two takes, and, you know, he cut my way in one fucking take. <laughs> That's pretty incredible, right? He released in 1969 on the, the album, 
My Way, right, title track, My Way, spent 75 weeks in the UK Top 40, right? I, I mentioned that stat because, you know, it wasn't really a huge hit in America, didn't climb the charts or anything like that. But in UK, in England, this was, uh, you know, this, it's the second place of all time songs in the top 40 for 75 weeks. You know what I mean? Like, so there's a song that's got more than 75 weeks in the UK top 40, but the second place is My Way, Frank Sinatra, which is kind of cool. You know, nice, easy, straight eighth groove on this, brushes on the snare, that with the uh, little guitar part and the piano playing that little like uh, arpeggiated thing. All right, another great mix of the folk and the pop, that late 60s instrumentation with the orchestra and, you know, that amazing singer, Frank Sinatra. Right, the song was arranged by Don Costa, produced by Sonny Burke. It's an epic record. Like the climactic last verse is just incredible. You know, just the build to that song lyrically and musically, like the voice is striving. It, it kind of builds, right? It seems like the song kind of moves. It kind of just it rises. I think it's like a the the musical part. I think it's a uh, uh, I think it's like a rising sixth progression, building and building to that climactic last line. Right, all the record shows. I took the blows and did it my way. Right, that huge line, I did it my way. And once again, big swell of the strings, and then we're back down quiet and soft. And just Frank's like, yes, it was my way kind of thing. Soft and I love that word, the just big, huge ending. And then you get like a little bit of a, just a little tag, just a little tag at the end of the song, right? Um, you know, the lyrics are so great. You know, how about a guy overcoming challenges in life? Like he, he's taking these blows and kind of thing, right? And no matter what life threw at him, like he just, he overcame it. And he here he is at the end, he's standing kind of thing, right? Elvis added this song to close his shows towards the end of his career, which is interesting. Like he always closed his shows with Can't Help Falling in Love. And then 77, the last, uh, you know, few months there, he was closing his shows with My Way, which is, uh, it's kind of odd and kind of telling. The thing I always remember about this song and why it's so high on my my list and you know some people might say it's overplayed and it's it's too popular but there's no denying it's it's such a great song and his vocal performance is great and the you know the reason I love it so much is when I went to see him in Hamilton that live show 1993 like he was past his prime like I said in the last episode and but it was just great to see him I just wanted to see him and just see him in person and just I just wanted to be in the same fucking room as Frank Sinatra you know, and just take in some of that energy, and I did, and it was it was amazing. It was an amazing thing, and you know, there was there were moments, there were shining moments throughout that show. You know, where he was funny, and you know, he didn't really nail every line, and his voice wasn't as strong as it used to be. But there were moments, there were moments where he really still had it. And when he sang the song "My Way," <laughs> man, I had tears in my eyes. Like it just kept building and building. And, you know, maybe he didn't hit this verse as good as he used to, but, you know, that last couple of lines that, that I did it my way, he belted that fucking line <laughs> and he nailed it, you know, and, oh, man, I was, I was crying and I, you know, shivers down the spine and it was just beautiful. I remember seeing a clip on YouTube by this comedian Tom Dreesen, I think, and Tom Dreesen used to open up for Sinatra in the late 80s, early 90s, and kind of around the time when I was seeing him here, you know, I saw him with Don Rickles. But uh, Tom Driesen has done the same kind of deal, opening up for Sinatra. And he tells a story about, uh, about you know, Sinatra being kind of on his last legs and, uh, you know, how he really, he got some fire and he got some encouragement from the fans. And, you know, there was a, there was a moment where a fan kind of shouted out, you know, we love you, Frank, like when he was having us, when he was struggling and, oh, man, it's, it's just beautiful. And, you know, you, sometimes you don't want to see some of these artists when they're, in their older age, and they they are they're not as good as they used to. But certain guys like Frank Sinatra, Gordon Lightfoot, 
Neil Diamond, like these guys who are aging, you just got to be in the room with them because there's there there's it's a different level kind of thing, right? So, you know, what can I say? My way, it's a beautiful song. It's his signature song. You know, Frank came to hate it. <laughs> it wasn't one of his favorite songs. You know, it's just kind of stuck with him and he couldn't get rid of it. You know, he thought it was a bit self-serving and self-indulgent, but uh, whatever, man. Listen to this vocal, right? So here it is, My Way, 1969. And now the end is near And so I face the final curtain My friend, I'll say it clear I'll state my case which I'm certain I've lived a life that's full I traveled each and every highway and more much more than this I did it my way regret I've had a few But then again Too few to mention I did What I had to do And saw it through Without exemption I planned Each charted course each careful step along the byway and more much more than this I did it my way yes there were times I'm sure you knew when I bit off more than I could chew But through it all When there was doubt I ate it up And spit it out I faced it all And I stood tall And did it Had my fill, my share of losing, and now as tears subside, I find it all so amusing to think I did all that, and may I say. Not in a shy way Oh no Oh no, not me I did it my way For what is a man? What has he got? If not himself Then he has not Truly feels And not the words 
At age 78, we were all wondering, when is he going to lay it down? When is he going to quit? He would have hit and miss nights, but crowds loved him. They couldn't get enough of him. And uh, they, came, they were really coming to say goodbye to him. And every city we went to, they were coming to say goodbye. And one night in, um, in the Mark Auditorium, there's like 20,000 people in the arena, and I did my show, and it was a good audience and everything. He, he went out, he did three songs, he was rolling. He got to the fourth song, and he totally blanked on the lyrics. And the orchestra was down in the pit. And they kept playing, not knowing that he was lost. And he started whispering into the microphone, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm sorry, uh, I'm sorry. Now, when I saw that happening, I went, oh, this is it. We were always wondering when is he going to lay it down, but this is, this is the night. He's whispering to the orchestra, started to realize that he wasn't with them, and they started to wind their instruments down one at a time to an eerie silence in this huge arena. And now he's whispering. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. By that time, I was stage left, and I thought, okay, this is it. <clears throat> you know, he's going to come off stage, and I'm going to say, let's go home, Mr. S. It's been a great career, but it's time to go home. And he turned around, and there th th was dead silence, and he had tears in his eyes, and he looked like he was going to come and lay the microphone down, and a guy way up on top of the audience stood up by himself, and he hollered out, that's all right, Frank. It's all right. We love you, Frank. It's all right, because we love you. And he started to applaud. And the guy next to him started to applaud, and a couple of them, pretty soon... I'm getting chills. People, I'm getting well, chills. Keep going. <clears throat> Hundreds of people started applauding, then thousands, and pretty soon the whole arena was cheering, cheering and cheering. He got to the edge of the stage, and I thought he was going to go home, and he turned around, and he went back to center stage, and they wouldn't stop cheering. And finally, they calmed down, and he went into the next number, which was Mac the Knife. And he absolutely drilled that song. He hit every nuance and every lyric. He was like he was 19 years old again. Now, <clears throat> when he finished that song, the people wouldn't stop cheering. And he was ready to go into the next number when he quieted him down. And he started to sing, and he stopped. And he pointed up to the guy, and he said, I love you too, pal. And he sang for two years after that. Wow. He, two years. That guy doesn't know. That fan brought him from the ashes that night. All right, I got another big one for you. Number six, My Way was... Frank's signature song, his other signature song, theme from New York, New York. I gotta go there, man. I gotta do it. I love that song. Can't deny it. Ever since I was a little kid, this is the one, man. Music by John Kander, lyrics by Fred Ebb. Originally, it was from the Martin Scorsese film, uh, New York, uh, 1977 film, right? And it was sung by Liza Minnelli in that film. Frank cut it in 79 for his album trilogy, The Past, Present, Future, which came out in 1980, I think that record was. And come on, perhaps the greatest New York song ever. You know, if I can make it there, I'm going to make it anywhere. Like, what a lyric. That's, that's the whole deal right there, right? This is an entertainer kind of leaving the small town for the big city and embracing the challenge, that New York spirit, right? You know, and, and Frank being from, you know, Hoboken, New Jersey, and, you know, always wanting to go to New York to become that big star, and he finally did it, right? He, he, fi he finally left home. He was kicked out of his house by his father, and he... He went out on his own in New York, and he, he got together with Harry James, and he got together with Tommy Dorsey, and then he left those bands and started out on a solo career and, you know, booking gigs for himself and hustling in the Paramount Theater and all, all, all those great moments in the, in the 40s trying to get his solo career started. And, he, like, this is his song, right? And, you know, the, the dream was realized in New York, right? Amazing. This is Frank's last legitimate hit song. 
was nominated for Record of the Year in 1980. It lost to Sailing by Christopher Cross. Yeah, I love that one. And I think Christopher Cross said something like, uh, I beat Frank Sinatra in an award show. I better watch my back or <laughs> something like that. <laughs> and so, you know, this song, you know, became, along with My Way, one of his signature songs. Like a show closer. When I saw him at that show in Hamilton, I think he closed with, uh, it was My Way, New York, New York, Summer Wind, I think. Something like that. Those three songs that were right at the end of the show. I love that little intro, right? The the uh, little symbol hi hat intro. Is it a hi hat or a ride symbol intro? Like. I think it's a like a hi hat and a symbol. That's it. That's it there. Right. So awesome. <laughs> Nailed it. You know, and Frank, again, like making the lyrics his own, like all that stuff. Top of the heap, king of the hill, A number one. Like, A number one. That's totally Frank. He came up with that, right? You know, some Frank-isms. I love the way he would sing and he would kind of trail off, right? He would do that thing uh, uh, where he, his vocal would kind of drop down at the end, right? These little town blues <laughs> right? are melting away. Right, he does that one. Uh, there's that one. He does an and in there. And if I can make it there, <laughs> right? That and is so great, so great. Love it. You know the drums are sweet in this. They're light, but they're big. Right, just perfect. And when when needed, they catch those big shots. Yeah. So here we go. Let's listen to this one. Theme from New York, New York, 1980. New York, New York. Start spreading the news I'm leaving today I want to be a part of it New York, New York These vagabond shoes Are longing to stray Right through the very heart of it, New York, New York. I want to wake up in a city that doesn't sleep and find I'm king of the hill, top of the heap. These little town blues. Are melting away. I'll make a brand new start of it in old New York if I can. In a city 
that never sleeps And find I'm A number one Top of the list King of the hill A number one These little town when I had began to have trouble with my family. I wasn't doing well because, of, you know, if an orchestra got a job on a Saturday night to play, they had six, four men or six men. They didn't have enough money to hire a singer. But a lot of the guys I knew, and they'd say, well, hey, listen, come on over and sing if you want to sing, but we can't give you anything, you know. So I did. Shortly following that was, the, was when my old man one morning woke me up when he came off the night That's shift. And he, at this particular morning, said to me, uh, uh, why don't you just get out of the house and go out on your own? Is really what he said, you know, get out. And uh, I think the egg was stuck in here for about <laughs> 20 minutes. I couldn't swallow it or get rid of it anyway. My mother, of course, was nearly in tears. And uh, but, but we agreed that it might be a good thing. And then I packed up a small case that I had, and I came to New York. I just kind of bummed around. I had about $60 in the savings account, and I, and I just hung around and got odd jobs. I used to hang out the publishing house, the music publishing houses, and I got to know Jimmy Van Usen, Sammy Kahn, Saul Chaplin, and all those guys, and that's how far back we go. Jimmy Van Usen was a piano player, who would teach the singers the company's new song so that they could do it on the radio. But I wasn't a big enough man to, as artist to be taught the song by, by a guy like Van Usen. A couple of times when I didn't, when I was really kind of short, I bunked with a, a musician of one of the bands in the Forest Hotel. About that point was the Christmas that came that I went home. And I thought my old man was on 24-hour shift, but I had the day screwed up. He was off 24 hours and he was at home. And I brought two presents over to leave them there because he didn't speak to me for a long time, he wouldn't talk to me. And uh, he met me at the door. And uh, of course it was a great homecoming. He started to cry and I was teary and it was just marvelous. possible more than my mother, but he never showed. He never wanted to, to open up with me. He was a terrible introvert. 
For instance, I went to the firehouse when I appeared at the Paramount. I said, my dad around, he said, uh, we think he's upstairs. When I came up, he was standing in front of the door of the locker, shaving. As I approached him, he apparently saw me and slammed the door. But I had already seen in the mirror. This thing was full of clippings that he had been saving. Or had guys cut out of magnifying and cut them out of magazines and save them for him. Downbeat and metronome and newspaper clippings. Won't you tell her please to put on I could have wept when I saw it. Follow my lead. He loved my success, but he but he never mentioned it. Neither we never talk about it. Someone to watch over me. Okay, we're at the top five now. My top five favorite Frank Sinatra songs. And we're going to kick off the top five with Luck Be a Lady. All right, written by Frank Lozer in 1950. Uh, this was also first recorded by Robert Alda in the film Guys and Dolls. Right, Frank cut it in 1965. Frank was in Guys and Dolls with Marlon Brando, but like Marlon Brando was playing the cool role. Frank should have been playing that role. But anyway, Frank digged the song. He, he finally cut it in 65 on this, uh, I think it was like a, was it My Kind of Broadway album where, where he's singing all songs from musicals, right? And, you know, Frank had some definite input on the arrangement on this one. Frank would tell the arrangers, you know, how to arrange stuff, tempo changes, when to swing, all those twists and stops. You know, those are the changes and the little things, the little details that make this song. Right? So I'm going to play this live version from Vegas. This is off a CD. I got Rat Pack at the Sands. So this uh, the CD came out in 2001. The show was recorded September 7th, 1963. And this is a Rat Pack show with Sammy Davis Jr. and Dean Martin and Sinatra, and they would all kind of, you know, they would do a couple of songs, Frank and Dean together, and Dean would do four songs, Frank would come out, do like five songs, Sammy would come out, do a couple of songs with with Franks, and Sammy would sing a little bit, you know, so it was a, a big show, and, you know, this song was uh, part of the, you know, Frank's segment. There's a great clip on YouTube of Frank doing this show, I guess it's a TV special, it looks like mid-60s, it's color, he's kind of on a set, and he, you know, he looks great, and he, he's rolling the dice as he's as he's singing and he's swinging, it's so great. I encourage you to check that out. I, li- I like how the song starts kind of soft with the violin intro, right? Do 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 do, and then you get the shots. Blam! Blam! Right? <laughs> I love that juxtaposition, like the power of those those horn stabs on that sort of bed of strings that's kind of floating out there. I love it, right? <laughs> So, yeah, drums kicking on all these shots, right? I love when the the bridge comes in. A lady doesn't need an escort. And the strings come in to make it nice and sweet behind that. It isn't fair. And it's not nice. <laughs> right? They just don't make music like this anymore. It's just amazing. Right? And I like during this live version, you know, Frank's digging it. You can hear Frank cheering the band on during the solo breaks. Yeah, so this is a this is a great song, "Luck Be a Lady." It's a it's a it's another classic Sinatra song. It's a trademark song. Why not keep this party polite, right? I love the big ending on this, and I love uh, how he calls out eleven at the end, right? Rolling those bones. They call you Lady Luck, but there is room for doubt. At times you have a very unladylike way. Of running out You're on this date with me 
the pickings have been lush and yet before this evening is over you might give me the brush you might forget your manners you might refuse to stay and so the best that i can do is pray Be a lady tonight Luck be a lady tonight Luck if you've ever been a lady to begin with Luck be a lady tonight Luck let a gentleman see just how nice a dame you can be i know the way you've treated other men you've been with luck be a lady with me a lady doesn't leave her escort it isn't fair and it's not nice a lady doesn't wander all over the room and blow on some other guy's dice let's keep the party polite never move out of my sight Stick with me baby I'm the fella you came in with Luck be a lady tonight Let a gentleman see Just how nice How nice a, a dame you can be I know the way you've treated Other guys you've been with But luck be a lady with me A lady doesn't leave her escort it isn't fair mm -hmm. it's not nice a lady doesn't wander all over the room and then blow on some other guy's dice why not keep this party polite Never get out of my sight Stick with me, baby I'm the cat that you came in with Luck be a lady Luck be a lady One more time Luck be a lady 
Perhaps you're the son. I said to him, I'd like to get over there and do some shows for these guys, because Hope had already been there, and then they were sending over vaudeville actors and that kind of stuff. I said, they need, they need some names over there. The next thing I know, he calls me and said, uh, there seems to be a problem in Washington, intelligence, about your being involved with some youth organization and the Roosevelt campaign. They're inclined to think that you were part of the Communist Party. I said, what? We're going to Washington. I said, I ain't going to let them off the hook. went in the Pentagon building. So I was brought into a sumptuous room. It looked like a jury when I walked in. There were three or four gray-haired men, all true military guys, and a plainclothesman. He was from the, what was then the OSS rather than the CIA. Nobody smiled. One guy said to me, uh, you belong to a youth organization that you joined. I said, I never joined a youth organization. Witch hunting, that's yes. what they were doing, a witch yes. hunting. Because after that came the blacklist. And I started to get pissed off at these guys. I said, look, gentlemen, has anybody run a check on me? General Kastner explained that over a period of years, many items had appeared in the public press which identified Mr. Sinatra with the communist line. As a result, serious questions existed as to Mr. Sinatra's sympathies with respect to communism, communists, and fellow travelers. He said this to Sinatra's face. I said, gentlemen, if you feel that I'm a risk, that you can stick the Korean War in your ass, and that goes for all of you, I said. And I got up and I walked out. Fuck you. If you think I'm a risk to my nation, who the hell needs you? I said, I don't need you. All right, number four is That's Life. I love this one. It's got that 12-8 feel. I love the organ off the top with the big drum fills. We've got a 12-8 feel going on the drums here. That's kind of the, uh, the Fats Domino, Blueberry Hill thing. That's life! Right? <laughs> cool shit. Organ in there, big fills. You know, check out the bass. The, the bass is kind of what creates the movement in the song, right? The bass playing by the amazing Ray Brown on his upright bass, right? Jazz legend Ray Brown. Yeah, see, it's, this is the Wrecking Crew guys again, the B-Band. There's Hal Blaine on drums. Michael Melvoin playing that uh, cool organ part. You know, that's life. This is the title track off that 1966 album. Produced by Jimmy Bowen. Written by Dean Kay and Kelly Gordon. Went to number four on the Billboard Hot 100. You know, this is life lessons from the chairman of the board, right? Optimism, baby, optimism. <laughs> I love Three's Company. and <laughs> So the first time I heard this song was the one episode where, uh, what was it, Janet was working late. Instead of getting overtime, her boss rewarded her with uh, Frank Sinatra tickets, right? So, But Janet didn't want to go, so she was kind of like getting uh, Jack and Chrissy to kind of like be her slave, and whoever was the, the best slave will get the tickets, right? So eventually Jack got the tickets, right? And there's a part where... He's going to go invite his girl to the Frank Sinatra show, right? And he's singing That's Life, right? So the first time I ever heard this song was when I heard, you know, Jack doing it. I've been a puppet, a papa, a pirate, a poet, a clown and a thief. I've been up and down, all that stuff, right? <laughs> uh, Frankie, I did it my way. <laughs> I've been a puppet, a papa, a pirate, a poet. A pawn and a king, I've been up and down and over there, and I know each time I find myself, hello Inga, Jack, 
How would you like to go see Frank Sinatra tonight? Uh, of course with me. You would? Fabulous! Yeah, so one of the, one of Frank's best songs, you know, he's singing about life. He's, he's got, like, the ups and downs of life, you know, and, you know, that's life is usually a pes- pessimistic when you're, when you're saying it to somebody, right? No, oh, that's life kind of thing, right? But he's saying, you know, that's life. He sings it to the contrary. He's like, yeah, that's life. That's the way it goes. Kind of just dig it, man, kind of thing, right? And, you know, sung by old Blue Eyes, who publicly had a lot of ups and downs in his personal life. You know, like, when you've loved and lost the way Frank has, you know what life's about. When you've loved and lost the way Frank has, then you, uh, you know what life's about. The way Frank sings this is kind of different than his other songs, too, right? He's kind of got a scowl on this, right? The Sinatra scowl while singing. It's kind of out of character for him. You think of him recording live in the studio there in California with, with the Wrecking Crew guys. The, the B-Band are on this session, right? This is the B-Band. Producer Jimmy Bowen, you know, he pleaded for a second take on this, right? Frank cut, cut the song in one take, and he was, he was getting ready to go, and I think he just left the studio. <laughs> and he was kind of walking out to his car, and, you know, Jimmy Bowen chased after him. And he says, Frank, Frank, can you please, can you give me a second take, right? So, you know, Frank comes back, and he does a second take. And because of that, he's got some extra bite in the vocal, right, due to Frank's displeasure, right? He's, he's kind of pissed off that he's got to do a second take, so he's kind of got a little bit of a... A, a bite to his, his vocal which you can hear in in this take which is great right so I, I love the ending check out the ending where he sings uh he sings uh my my right the, the first take he did apparently he said oh yeah but the second take when he goes my my apparently he was looking right at jimmy bowen and saying like uh, there you go man there's your second take that's life that's life that's what all the people say you're riding high in April, shot down in May. But I know I'm gonna change that tune. When I'm back on top, back on top in June. I said that's life. That's life. And as funny as it may seem, some people get their kicks. Stomping on a dream But I don't let it Let it get me down Cause this fine old world It keeps spinning around I've been a puppet A pauper A pirate A poet A pawn and a king I've been up and down And over and out And I know one thing Each time I find myself flat on my face, I pick myself up and get back in the race. That's life. That's life. I tell you, I can't deny it. I thought of quitting, baby, but my heart just ain't gonna buy it. And if I didn't think it was worth one single try I'd jump right on a big bird And then I'd fly I've been a puppet, a pauper, a pirate, a poet A pawn and a king I've been up and down and over and out And I know one thing Each time I find myself playing Flat on my face, I just pick myself up and get back in the race. 
sort of cutting out, but my heart won't buy it. But if there's nothing shaking, come this here July. I'm gonna roll myself up in a big ball and my privilege and very pleasant duty to introduce our guest of honor and my good buddy. What can you say about a guy that's already a legend? The accomplishments of Frank Sinatra have been documented in the history of show business. You can find him listed in some books as a singer. In others, you'll find him listed as an actor. But in my book, he'll always be listed as a friend, the best. This business isn't as easy as it looks. You endure a lot of hurts and scars along the way, and whenever Frank found out I was hurting, he was always there for me. There's lots more I could say, but at this moment, my emotions prevent me from translating my feelings into words. So I'll just say, here's the man of the hour, the man of the year, and my personal vote for the man of the century, Mr. Frank Sinatra. gentlemen. Thank you, Dean, and all of you roasters and our roastette. I'm here tonight for a very simple reason. I will repeat what Dean said, except change it around. I love Dean Martin. Have more years than we want to mention. And if that upsets Anita Bryant, so be it. <laughs> and Dean, I hate to spoil your image, but I have to tell the people the dean that I know a little bit about, a good deal about. He's not a drunk, and he is so far from the fumbler he would have you believe he is. It's all a charade, really. But it entertains people, so he carries on with it. And dean has probably brought more fun into my life than anybody I know. And as for this evening, I've enjoyed every week of it. <laughs> I enjoyed the jokes, and I enjoyed the serious part that Don Rickles did. <laughs> Everybody doesn't have to be funny all the time. And Don proved it again tonight. <laughs> and as for how to express my thanks to all of you on the dais for being my friends, we don't have time tonight, or this year, for me to put it all into words. But you may believe me, if I knew how to hug a dais, I would do it. Everybody on this dais. By your talents, you bring light into darkened worlds and lives. And by your work, you change the world's subject from sadness to laughter. And that is a rare gift that I cherish and admire in all of you people. 
You've cheered America, and in my book, that's win, place, and show. Because without the laughter you provide, without the escape you create, without your songs and your entertainment, the brilliant colors you add to a black and white world, that world would have more time to cry. You get applause, but never enough. But what is enough if only once in your life you cause a friendly smile to wipe out a stranger's tear? I love you all, and thank you very much. May I say that I hope you all live to be a thousand years old, and the last voice you hear is mine. <laughs> Some good songs here with the top three. My number three song is Something Stupid, a duet with his daughter, Nancy Sinatra. Written by C. Carson Parks, this song went to number one. Frank recorded it with Nancy February 1st, 1967. And this was following the three-night sessions uh, that he did for the Joe Beam album, right? Those, those That Boston Over record he did. So he did three sessions to cut that record. And on the very last night, February 1st, when the sessions for that was done, he's like, okay, you guys got to get out of here because the B team is coming in and we're going to cut this song, Something Stupid, right? The B team. <laughs> so, yeah, the song went to number one. They were, they were like, uh, I'll show you your B team. Here's the number one record, buddy, right? Number one Billboard Hot 100 for four weeks, right? It came off the album The World Renew, produced by Lee Hazelwood and Jimmy Bowen. Right? I love Lee Hazelwood. He wrote that song, uh, This Town, we played earlier. And, of course, the work he did with Nancy Sinatra was due to Frank kind of saying, hey, do something with my daughter. And, and Lee Hazelwood was put together with Nancy by Frank. And, uh, you know, that's how all those great Nancy Sinatra songs kind of became. So, you know, arranged by Billy Strange on this. I love the guitar on this. Uh, Al Casey plays the lick. There's a story. There's a great story about him playing that lick. They couldn't get it right. Frank wanted that lick. And apparently it was off a diff another song from the same songwriter. And Frank wanted that lick exactly. So let me let me give you an example here. We're in E, right? Uh, that lick is. Something like that. I know I stand in line until I have the time to spend an evening with me. And if we go someplace to dance, I know that there's a chance you won't be leaving with me. Afterwards, we drop into a quiet little place and have a drink or two. I like that chord there. And then I go and spoil it all by saying something stupid like I love you. All right, I like where they at the ending there, they go to that C chord again. And then I go and spoil it all by saying something stupid like I love you. See, I love you. That's the honey don't chord, right? How come you say you will when you won't? Tell me that you do, baby, when you won't. I love you. I love you. Do you remember when my dad was doing the um, Jobim album? Oh, yeah. And all of the, the A-team was in. And at the end of that session, we were doing something stupid. And the A-team left, and our little B-team came in, the wrecking crew came in and sat down, and we cut a number one record. 
And what most people don't realize, that was her dad's first number one record. And we just marched on in there and made our little hit. Gabby. Sorry. Quiet and I think I'll wait until the evening gets late and I'm alone with you. I gotta sing a little louder then. You too, you sing a little louder too. I did uh, something stupid with Frank and Nancy Sinatra and and the little lick that I played on the intro, I had already played that on another record of the song with a guy that wrote it, Carson Parks. And uh, Frank heard it and wanted that very lick on the intro. Billy Strange was the arranger, and the guitars were me and Glenn Campbell. And Billy had just written, like, El Paso-style guitar for the intro. So Glenn, of course, played something real nice, but it wasn't what was on the original record. And Frank said, no, that's not it, that's not it. Let's try it. So Glenn tried something else, and... Frank wasn't real happy with it because it didn't sound like what he heard. You know? So finally, after a while, I said, Glenn, I don't want to be pushy or anything, but that's me on the original record. I know exactly what he wants. He said, well, then you play it, man. Switch parts real fast, and I played it. Do you want to hear the, the guitars just to make sure everything's cool? One real fast start. All right, let her That did it. Pretty sound, yeah. That's the whole trick of the record. Just one of my favorites. It's got that vibe to it, right? How can you how can you not love it? And I think it's the only number one father daughter duet ever, right? And they sing together the whole song. It's all in harmony. It's not like Frank takes a verse, Nancy takes a verse. They sing it kind of in unison, not in unison, in harmony the whole song, right? Both singing together, singing about that moment in the relationship when you know one person just can't help saying "I love you" and changing the dynamic with those three words, you know, spoiling it all. "I love you," and then. Oh, he, there you did it now you said it now everything's changed right <laughs> like the girl hears it all the time but to him it's real it's like that damn perfume is going to his head he's like i love you it's it's, it's a thorn on the side of man those three words right come on <laughs> it's the perfect summertime song just feels easy and breezy laid back and mellow you know we let the strings take us away on the middle eight over a verse one of my favorite songs something stupid 1967 number one record I know I stand in line until you think you have the time to spend an evening with me And if we go someplace to dance I know that there's a chance you won't be leaving with me Then afterwards we drop into a quiet little place and have a drink or two Then I go and spoil it all by saying something stupid like I love you I can see it in your eyes that you despise the same old lies you heard the night before And though it's just a line to you for me it's true and never seemed so right before Every day to find some clever lines to say to make the meaning come true. But then I think I'll wait until the evening gets late and I'm alone with you. The time is right, your perfume fills my head, the stars get red, and oh, the night's so blue. Then I go and spoil it all by saying something stupid like I love you. 
The time is right, your perfume fills my head The stars get red and oh, the night's so blue And then I go and spoil it all By saying something stupid like I love you What's been the high point in your career? Uh, and everybody in, in our business have had low points. You've had them. Well, I think it's very difficult, John, to pick yeah. one particular moment. Uh, I think of, to, to think of a couple of them right away would be uh, obviously uh, uh, winning the Academy Award for Eternity. From here to Eternity. And then, and then being involved, being a part of a film called Man with a Golden Arm, which I thought was, it was, was a milestone was a milestone in the picture business. In, uh, in, uh, in personal appearances, of course, working any saloon is a high point for me. I just love to get out on the stage and work in the saloon yeah. and see the people. I think it's marvelous. And, it's, and the saloons, I call them saloons, but I mean clubs, everybody's so close to us all the right. time. And even, for instance, tonight, it was fun coming here because I, 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 I ran into people that uh, I haven't seen because there are so many TV shows being, being done at the right. same time. And Mr. Fox, who's working next door, the red, the, the garbage dealer, the junk man. <laughs> he said to me, hey, baby, you want to go to Plains next Sunday with me in the church? He said, we go to Plains. <laughs> he did. <laughs> he did. <laughs> he said, because I'm the only colored man I know who don't want to sit in the back of heaven. <laughs> he's funny. Oh, he's funny. Okay, my number two song is Summer Wind. This is the Snatcher A Band. All right, we got Irv Kotler on drums. We talked about Irv earlier. He wrote that great book, I've Got You Under My Skins, a drum chart book that really was really influential to me, learning how to play drums as a teenager. Bill Miller on the piano here. You know, we got lush strings off the top with a nice organ playing the melody, right? Lick comes in and off, trading with the uh, the saxes in there, right? So fucking smooth. It's beautiful, right? We got brushes on the first verse. And then we move to the ride to kind of bring it up a little bit, right? Back down to a soft, quiet ending. Again, it's got that thing where, you know, we bring it up and then we bring it back down for the ending as the organ and the bass and the hi-hat kind of, kind of fade out. I love it, right? Originally released in Germany as the song Der Summer Wind, right? Written by Heinz Mayer. He did the music, uh, lyrics by Johnny Mercer, right? Johnny wrote the English lyrics, similar to the My Way thing where we have a, you know, the, the music was from another country, from another song and somebody else you know, wrote English lyrics on top of that, and that's what this is here. Frank recorded it um, 1966, released on the Strangers in the Night album, same year. This is big band with the organ. Sounds great, right? The music sounds like an easy, warm summer breeze. Right? The, the way Frank sings, right? His, his vocal technique on this. I don't know if he's doing it here, but he had a thing like this breathing technique of Frank Sinatra. Uh, it's called circular breathing. Horn players do this. It's a technique where you're able to kind of breathe in while you're breathing out or you're storing air in the sides of your cheek and then you're using it to use it's it's a weird thing it's a technique that i think frank learned watching tommy dorsey tommy dorsey could do this playing trombone you know he kind of learned how to do this and it enabled him to kind of hold phrases longer right you hear the thing about sinatra the way he would hold a note and he would let the note just kind of drift over that bar line where you think it would fade out, but it's still going kind of thing, right? And uh, this is a technique kind of storing the air in your cheeks rather than your lungs or your, your, your diaphragm area, right? So I don't know if he's doing it here, but, 
You know, his his voice is just smooth as glass on this, right? It's just smooth, right? It's as smooth as you can get Frank Sinatra. You know what I'm talking about, right? And then those great lyrics like this, it's a lovely summer romance that just doesn't last. It's a fleeting romance kind of thing, right? This girl that got away, you know, just like that lovely fleeting summer wind that takes off, right? Like he loses her all of a sudden and ends. Right, you listen to the uh, the lyrics, and all of a sudden she just leaves without a without a story. Right, he's left with his memory. Right, he's left with his memory and his fickle friend. Right, the summer wind. The summer wind came blowing in from across the sea. It lingered there to touch your hair and walk with me. All summer long, we sang a song, and then we strolled that golden sand. Two sweethearts and the summer wind, like painted kites, those days and nights they went flying by. New beneath the blue umbrella sky. Then softer than a piper man. One day it called to you. I lost you. I lost you to the summer wind. Still the days, those lonely days, they go on and on. And guess who sighs his lullabies through nights that never end? My fickle friend, the summer wind. Summer wind, warm summer wind, the summer wind. When our love was new. Tommy Dorsey had this incredible, incredible breath control. Without breathing against. I watched him, and I could never see him breathe. Sixteen bars at a time. I wonder how he does that. If you can visualize a trombone player holds the mouthpiece. He was breathing in the corner of his mouth, and that was my theory. Do not break a phrase if you can do that, and keep the audience listening for the rest of the phrase. He would be able to sing four lines of that song. 
there was a seamlessness, a smoothness, and not one person is looking at anybody else. They are completely under the spell of Sinatra's story. My stardust melody, the memory of love's refrain. These are the blues, nothing but blues. Some people long ago. Which brings me to my number one favorite Frank Sinatra song. Okay, now before we get there, I gotta hit you with some honorable mentions. You know, I, I gotta do this. There's a bunch of songs I that didn't make the list, right? And I just gotta just say them by name. They deserve to be said by name, kind of thing, right? You know, nothing from the Columbia years made my top twenty. Right? It's kind of music that I, I just kind of got into over the last five, ten years. So it wasn't there with me in the beginning. And these songs are kind of the, the ballads, right? But the singing on this is incredible. So, you know, some songs from Columbia that I really love. The House I Live In was great. That's kind of his 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 song about, uh, you know, anti-racism back in those days, House I Live In. Nancy with the Laughing Face is a beautiful song. Uh, five Minutes More, You Do Something to Me, I Hear a Rhapsody. The Birth of the Blues. That was an incredible song he did for Columbia, The Birth of the Blues. It was like he, he learned to sing a different style. That's the kind of song that led him from Columbia into Capitol was The Birth of the Blues. Right? Someone to Watch Over Me was beautiful. Like, you got to remember, these songs, are he's doing them in the 40s, too, and it's during World War II. Right? So all, while all the men are over in Europe fighting, all the women are back home listening to Frank Sinatra. And, uh, you know, songs like Someone to Watch Over Me are, are just incredible during this period. Sweet Lorraine is a great one. That's actually got Nat King Cole on piano, Buddy Rich on the drums on that one. You know, Saturday night is the loneliest night of the week. That's a good one. Old Man River, you should hear him sing Old Man River. Beautiful, right? And then, you know, Young at Heart, Chicago, Can I Steal a Little Love? Can I Steal a Little Love? Right? I get a kick out of you. You know, all these great... Capital Records that didn't make it. There's so many great Capital Records. Cottage for Sale, I'll Never Smile Again, My Kind of Town, right? You know, I could pick another top 20 that would be just as good as these 20 songs, right? Frank Sinatra's got so many good ones. You know, Strangers in the Night, that was a number one song. It was a record of the year. How blame on that one. Love's Been Good to Me is one I love. That's, uh, that's early 70s, I think. Uh, My One and Only Love, Empty Table, is, that's another one of those great saloon bar songs. Some more of those Bossa Nova ones, Bobbles, Bangles and Beads is a great one. Drinking Water, Girl from Ipanema obviously is a, is a huge one. Chicago, did I say Chicago already? What, what you going to do, man? Sinatra's got so many great hits. I encourage you to check out you know, all of his hits, all of his deep cuts, everything like that. Which brings me to my number one song. Maybe not an obvious number one, but to me it's a song I really love. Comes off one of my favorite Sinatra records, which is Frank Sinatra Sings Only for the Lonely. And the song is Angel Eyes, right? Music by Matt Dennis, lyrics by Earl Brent, written in 1946, first introduced in the 1953 film Jennifer. Right? Frank recorded it uh, May or June 1958, released in September 58 off the Only the Lonely record. He, when I saw him in Hamilton, he played this one. It was on, it's on Sinatra at the Sands, which we play, featured earlier. It's on the Main Event Live, which we featured earlier. It's on uh, Sinatra Saga Volume 2. That's a live record. It's on Sinatra 80th Live in Concert. It's on Live in Australia. 
You know, it's a beautiful song and, and one he always kind of played live. And interesting lyrics against an interesting chord progression, right? Music by Matt Dennis, lyrics by Earl Brent. I think I forgot to mention lyrics by Earl Brent off the top. You know, there's an odd note in there that sticks out to me. It's that, I think in the in the verse, it's bar three. I think it's flat nine. So that, that line, try to think that love's not around. Still, it's uncomfortably near. I think there's a flat nine in there, and that that lot that word uncomfortably, uncomfortably, it sticks out, but it works. You can hear the discomfort when he sings that word. The way the tune leaps big and then drops back down step by step. It's like the leaps are strong and intense and strong and passionate, and then the steps back down. Those that's the despair, the loneliness, the isolation, right? Realizing his angel eyes ain't here anymore, right? The bluesy feels similar to Harlem Nocturne, that kind of vibe, right? conversational vignette between the singer and the listener right the details are missing on this story but you know they're inconsequential we learn all we need to know from the vocal right and frank is the perfect singer to deliver this because you know when you've loved and lost the way frank has you know what life's about when you've loved and lost the way frank has then you uh you know what life's about and there was a lot of good drama with this song too the way he would deliver it you know kind of turning an arena, a club, a theater into a, you know, a, a bar, a saloon for this, for this song, right? Another great torch song, uh, another great saloon song. Frank set in the mood like a single spotlight and a cigarette, right? And I love the way the song starts with the bridge off the top, right? Drink up all you people, order everything you like. And then it just goes dark down into the verse, right? Into those quiet, those two minor chords going back and forth, right? Flowing back and forth on the piano. Beautiful song, Angel Eyes, 1958. Hey, drink up, all you people. Daughter, anything you see. Have fun, you happy people. The drink and the laughs on me. Try to think that love's not around. Still, it's uncomfortably near. My old heart ain't gaining any ground Because my angel eyes ain't here Angel eyes that old devil sent They glow unbearably bright Need I say that my love's misspent Misspent with angel eyes tonight So drink up All of you people Order anything you 
happy people The drink and the laughs on me Pardon me But I gotta run The facts uncommonly clear I gotta find Who's now the number one And why my angel eyes Ain't here Excuse me While I Disappear. All right, there you go. Angel Eyes. What an amazing song. I love that ending. The drama of it, you know, the way Frank would deliver those lines. Doing it live. You know, I, I saw him do this in Hamilton. He did this. And if you check out YouTube clips, he does this a lot too. So cool. You have the mic on the stand for this song, right? And for that last line, excuse me while I disappear, right? He'd be smoking and he'd like kind of turn his back and walk away from the mic as he was singing that line, right? Excuse me while I disappear, right? <laughs> like off the mic, right? And the vocal would audibly be, you know, trailing off, right? It's just a fucking amazing, right? So cool. He was such a performer, right? My favorite Sinatra song, right? And with the previous nine, that's my top 10. And with the last episode, that's my top 20. I really hope you dug these episodes. You know, I love this music. I love these songs. I love Frank Sinatra. I think he's just one of the greatest artists ever. You know, I love Elvis. I love Johnny Cash. I love Frank Sinatra. You know, those three guys are just pillars of music for me. You know, I just love them. (laughs) Hopefully I turned you on to some new music here. Something new anyway. Some stories, anything. I I hope you enjoyed it. You know, I sincerely think this is some of the greatest music ever recorded in the history of recording music. You know, this is classical music, man. This is incredible stuff. This music will live forever. I appreciate you letting me share it with you. Thanks for listening. We'll talk with you next time. That's the show, friends. Thanks for listening. You can find us on our website, TrampsLikeUsPod.com. Communicate with us on Facebook, on our Tramps Like Us podcast group page, and on Twitter, at TrampsLikeUsPod. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes, where you can leave a review and a five-star rating. Rockin' and Rollin' and Whatnot Sidecast is a non-profit audio fanzine created by fans for fans and is available for free. We are not affiliated with Bruce Springsteen or any of the artists featured on the show. If you have heard any music you like, please find it and purchase it via iTunes, Amazon, your local record store, or wherever music is sold. As always, gratitude and respect to all of the great musicians and performers we feature on the show. Stay cool and keep rockin' and rollin' and whatnot. And he's more, you know, he's more than just a, a man who sings. He's, uh, you know, he's grown and he's changed. He, he likes opera. Uh, he reads constantly, thinks a lot about what he reads. Uh, he's got a telescope. And he's got, his knowledge of astronomy uh, is equal to that of the average graduate student. We'll go there, we'll have a late lunch. I found a very nice little French place. Oh yeah, what's it called? Yeah, it's called Frenchies.
That's all French, that's all French food, right? Well, yes. I mean, there's, there's some, there's some, uh, there's some Philadelphia food too. Continental should we maybe look? Maybe we should go. Have escargot, Nigel. Have escargot. Oh, I like escargot. Maybe we should uh, like order now. I mean, can we find? No, can't do that. The great thing about him is, you look at him and you think survivor. He survived before from here to eternity. He had nothing. He lost everything and everyone, and and. You look at his life, and you say, this guy turned everything around. This guy came back. What am I complaining about? Yeah. He's a survivor. That, that's the mark of greatness. Greatness to me and survival, it's, it's the same two words. Yeah. We could do the interview there, right? It's a newspaper interview with a, with a paper called The Philadelphia Consumer. That's a throwaway. Okay. It's a throwaway. Is it yeah. at the airport? Yeah, but everybody reads it. It's a free Every, paper. But everybody reads it. It's why? a free paper. Because it's free. Everyone yeah, reads it. That's why they throw it away, because they yeah. don't read it. Yeah. Well, but it's also a very small yeah. newspaper, so there's not much to read in it. Yeah. So, so right. it'll still so be a big feature, right? Exactly. Right. 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 Well, that's feature. a smart way to do it. Well, that's did, you, uh, did you ever drive Frank? No. I never drove him. But I, but I did pick up a car once that he had been in the night before. And I swear to God, the essence, the magic, was still there. You could still feel it in the car. You're kidding me. No. It's just a tremendous energy. No, it's not quite as thick as Gadford air. It's more like, um, what was it, Twitchell? Oh, yeah. Oh, it's sort of, you know, it, it sort of has that weird, windy sort of well, that's feeling. a Celtic word for bad air. Twitchell. Yeah, Twitchell. Yeah. It's like, open the window, let this Twitchell out. I know. Well, it's, it's, it's like what they call over here the uh, Santanista winds. Right. Well, in this like, country, it's no, like, it's Santana, Santana, Santana winds, which yeah. blow very warm air. Yeah. People, yeah. no, they say that people do very strange things when those winds blow, and I can believe it. It makes me feel dodgy. I know you have a cassette player here. Uh... Yeah, I do that so uh, I don't disturb the uh, intelligentsia in the back seat. Yeah. Well, what do you got? A, I'm, I'm assuming you got a little Frank okay. on there. I've got you. Uh, yeah. You hear that? Yeah. You hear that? That's phrasing. Tell us. You see, he's not, he's not just singing words to him. He's singing subtext. Uh, now, nobody, nobody can sing the subtext of a song the way he can. Yeah. Nobody. And I've got, uh, I've got them to uh, give us 90 minutes for the sound check. There should be plenty of time. Right. Guaranteed. 90 Solid. minutes, that should On be paper. just enough. Who's no the problem. opening act? Do we have an opening act? Yes, there's a, there is another act there, some uh, punk group. New oh, group great. Oh, great. Fabulous. Great, great. Uh, they're there. called the Dose, I think. The what? The Dose. 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 Maybe there's just two of them. Maybe it's a Spanish group. <laughs> I'm kidding. This is, uh, you know, they don't do what Frank does. They don't really move people. They don't really change lives. I mean, I, I, I ran into this guy. He told me that when, when the soldiers in World War II were in the hospitals, and they were in the different hospitals, they would play Frank Sinatra because of the psychological effect that it had on the healing process. Mm. I mean, this is a proven yeah. thing that by listening to Frank, their healing, the psychology of the healing, was picked up. That's incredible. Yeah. But you don't feel that these guys have an effect on an audience? I mean, the kids go to their concert, they have a great time. They're... But it's uh, it's a passing thing. It's, uh, I mean, I would never tell them this, but this is, uh, this is a fad. <laughs>